Hey, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. Hey, Rick, how are you doing today? Doing fine. Just Good. did a little trip with my wife down to um, Chama, New Mexico to ride in the Cumbres and Toltec uh, steam train. Neat. Um, one of her longtime friends was visiting New Mexico with her husband and asked if we would want to join them. I'd never done that train or or other ones like it in Colorado, really. Um, like there's one that goes from Durango to Silverton. And it turned out to be a lot of fun. I'm not a train person, but I definitely enjoyed it. It was great. Beautiful scenery. Better than I expected. Lots oh, yeah. of wildflowers. And it was emerald green. Oh, it was just the perfect time of the year. We've, we've had a lot of rain here in Colorado. Yeah, this, this summer, which has been a great thing because we really needed it. But uh, yeah, but the wildflowers along the train were kind of like what we see in places, you know, around Crested Butte. Right. Wow, that's awesome. That's they were really somewhat good. inaccessible in general, you know, unless you were on the train. But beautiful. Very cool. Well, that's fun. I'm gonna have to add that one to my list of things. Yeah, to, it just to do. I, I would recommend it. Very cool. Um, and if if you want to get good photographs, you know, one thing that was nice is we were in the very last car, which was the fancy one. Um, my wife's friend's husband is super into trains, so that was important to him. It's definitely more expensive, but one of the virtues was in addition to being more comfortable and having, you know, more space and not being jammed in tightly you could also get some shots when the train went around curves and stuff so you could easily get a shot of the engine and quite a few cars and it almost looked like you were taking it from outside the train very so very cool just something to remember fun stuff yeah um yeah especially this time of year it's so so pretty here it's really great yep um Okay, so then uh, our, our two months of green, our two months of green. Yeah, you take it, take it however you can get. It's uh, it dries up quickly, but I've noticed a lot more wildflowers just growing in the open spaces around where I live, just more so than I normally see. Lots of mushrooms too. So it's been good. It's been yeah. good for us. No, no complaints here. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about sharpening and, to a lesser extent, noise reduction, but they go hand in hand mm -hmm. um, for sharpening your images. I mean, something we touched on a long time ago and you know it evolves and so what we want to talk about is kind of like some basics we're not going to get into too much technical detail on because there's a lot of different tools out there for sharpening but talk about what we use and our approaches and some fundamentals and things you ought to know because i think there's a lot of people are scared of using sharpening tools and you can run into situations where your images are either over sharpened or, or not sharpened enough. It, it's just a lot of issues. And especially if there's a noise component, you can run into things where you're actually making your image look worse by trying to quote, enhance it. Um, and so one of the funny things I've noticed, I'm, I'm sure you've noticed this too, is how many times people will say, I didn't sharpen the image. And it's not true. <laughs> They just have no idea that they're sharpening the image right. because they don't even look at some of the parameters and stuff. What they really mean is I didn't do any additional sharpening mm -hmm. on top of the sharpening that was already done by the program. It's just right. kind of a funny little quirk out of uh, how many times I've heard that. Right. So let's just start from the very beginning. I mean, you know, what's the point of sharpening? Well, you have to. Um, it makes the image look good. It makes the image look a little <laughs> bit better. Uh, you know, once upon a time, a long time ago, um, 
you know, you had to do some level of sharpening to overcome the anti-aliasing filter um, on your sensor. A lot of sensors don't even have those anymore, but you still want to sharpen appropriately. Yeah, and there are other effects too that relate to how that um, image data gets turned into something you can work with. The demosaic um, demosaicing process can mm -hmm. create things that end up blurring the image a little bit. And sometimes those processes have built-in sharpening that's hidden and you can't even get rid of. Sometimes they don't. So it's all up to you. Right. Um, but it's all about getting an image that looks good, that's got the right level of detail. It doesn't look over sharpened with horrible, huge halos and things like that. It just simply looks clear and nice and appropriate for your subject. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the reasons I shoot in RAW, one of the many reasons, is because of sharpening. Um, if you have sharpening turned on in your camera, which most people do, that's the default. Really, the only place it gets applied is with if you're shooting a JPEG. When you bring it into a, a, a program and look at it, if it's a JPEG, it's going to have whatever the camera's raw, uh, whatever the camera's sharpening algorithm applied to it. And quite frankly, they can be pretty rough around the edges pretty crude either too much sharpening or, or not enough sharpening it just depends um yeah. and i don't ever want to have to uh sharpen an image that is that is non-raw um you know a, a go above because what sharpening is and we should probably define this but it's just mm -hmm. it's just a micro contrast adjustment it's just it's just an enhancement of edges and by edges we mean you know, boundaries between pixels that have different tone values. You got a dark tone and a lighter tone. And so that's an edge. And what the sharpening algorithm, no matter which tool you use, the, the fundamental process is the same. It makes the light side a little lighter and the dark side a little darker. And too much of that or too, you know, and, and the amount and the strength of that, and also the the degree to which those um, those adjustments extend away from the border, you know, right. number of pixels or whatever, uh, can really have a profound effect on the way your image looks. And if it's too much, um, if you have something in a a, a non-raw format, you can't undo them. They're in there, you know. You they no, and, and it's an and important consideration to make. Some brands do a better job. Um, I will say, in my experience, that Fuji and Olympus do pretty good jobs if you stick to their standard amount. Nikon, horrendous in-camera sharpening, just gross. Um, Canon, not too great either. You know, they both use very coarse sharpening. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at images from like an iPhone or whatever, same thing, just horribly over sharpened in course and, and i think it's a marketing perception thing if you yeah. pull up a shot on the back of the camera you want it to look sharp in the store or wherever hey look how sharp you know the, the thing to understand is that sharpening is really not a property of your camera if you sharpen raw shots on your own you know so so your decision to to get a particular camera really really doesn't shouldn't be based on how the out of camera jpegs look to you unless that's really what you're shooting people will say to me oh i like this someone told me that these camera this brand is nicer because they produce better color to which i'm kind of like well, what are you talking about because i can adjust the color right i can between a white balance right i mean there's all these things you can do and the same is true with sharpening um 
and, and the the goal of your sharpening and your workflow, let's talk about that, um, kind of depends on what you intend to do with the image. But I think one thing that you and I both do is that we don't try to do all of our sharpening in one fell swoop. Yeah, and it's a good time to talk about single-stage sharpening versus multi-stage sharpening. Single-stage is the older of the two. It was what was done initially with digital images. And so what you end up having to do is, is work this awkward combination of sharpening that is appropriate for the image itself, including does this thing have fine detail? or not is there how much noise is in the image um, things of that sort along with what is needed for um, your printer what is needed for a display screen how big is the image going to be mm-hmm. all of those things factor in but try to trying to handle all of them in one fell swoop and do it well is really difficult yeah you know i, I can remember old uh, advice was well, just sharpen it until it looks a little bit ugly. What the heck is that? Yeah, I mean, you right. sort of figure it out, but it's still this very vague thing. Right. So by separating sharpening just to make the image itself look good, and think about examining at a hundred percent or maybe higher if you have a um, something like a Retina display or or you know a lot of the five K monitors have very fine resolution. But you're you're separating out making the image itself look good from what's required for the output device. And that just simplifies it tremendously. An output device these days could be as simple as sharpening a JPEG for the screen to go on to mm-hmm. you know your website or a social media post or canvas or you know an actual printer where mm-hmm. you need to take in consideration the media itself is this a glossy paper versus a luster or a, a, mm-hmm. a matte paper or canvas right so the good news <laughs> for for us is that um with some of today's tools this is very very easy i mean it used to be that you know you might sharpen your image and then make a copy of that and then sharpen that again for a particular output you know uh, destination you know for based on how mm-hmm. big it was and and you don't really need to worry about that much anymore especially if you use a tool like um lightroom classic like we use um you can do your image sharpening using the normal tools the sh- the detail sliders and and uh, all of that and then when you go to export out your image and save out a jpeg or or save something for printing or even ex- or even send it to your printer there's a little box in there that says do you want to sharpen this for output and choose the destination screen glossy matte you know and it's super easy and it's it's like it it takes all of the guesswork out of it for the most part and you let the software do the work but that's that's a very simple multi-stage sharpening um, approach with the idea that the only thing you're supposed to do to your image where you're using sliders is to make the image look nice at say 100 percent, like you said yeah want the because detail to be appropriate. the thing that you do for the display or printer is a purely mechanical thing hit the button let it do it right it's and, not going to vary and based and, on the image it'll vary like you said based on the paper type the actual printer, you know, a few other things. Okay, so if we have that, we can kind of toss out worrying about the output for now. And let's just focus mm-hmm. then on some of the settings and some of the things you want to do with an image. And I think this is where um, you've got to remember 
um, that one size fits all rarely does. Um, you know, so like, even if no matter what tool you might be using, um, you know, your, 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 uh, raw editor may have default sharpness settings. It may try to mimic the camera sharpness settings, which in the case of some cameras can make it look really overcooked. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to go in there and mess around with it. The idea is that there are parts of your image that will benefit from sharpening and then parts of the image that don't, um, you know, if you've got a landscape and you've got a nice clean sky and you've got some rocks with texture, you want to approach the rocks with texture differently than the sky. Um, because you know, the sky doesn't need sharpening. In fact, if you over sharpen, uh, detailless areas, you know, smooth areas, you tend to bring out noise and now you're yeah. fighting with a noise reduction tool, right? So that's, that, that's the thing. Now there's a couple ways of doing that. We want to just bring it up. And to make uh, it really clear, for that landscape shot with the sky, you probably want no sharpening in the sky. Exactly. Zippo. Right. So how can you do that? Well, you know, the first thing to know is no matter which tool you use, your 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 sharpness tools or your detail panel, whatever, it's generally going to have at least three types of sliders, sometimes four. It just depends on the tool you use. There's one that's just amount. <laughs> you know, that, mm-hmm. That's pretty easy. You know, strength. Mm-hmm. And more that just cranks less. it up more or less. Yeah. But then the other parameters tend to deal with the size of the of the details that you're trying to bring out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes there's something called radius. And this is that how far do those little um, contrast adjustments extend from the borders of those those edges that, that the mm-hmm. computer is looking for. Um, Lightroom has a tool called Detail. Uh, it's a different thing, uh, which is only small, fine detail sharpening. And then some of them will have either something called Threshold, or in the case of Lightroom, it'll have something called Masking. And the that slider is one that a lot of people don't know anything about, and I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, but let's quickly step through the ones other than the amount or intensity, because mm-hmm. it doesn't take long. Right. And we'll amount just do is this. easy. <laughs> yeah. But the other ones we'll just describe in a really simple way. So radius, never mind what it's doing. The way you want to use it is if you've got something where you have a lot of fine detail and you want to really bring out that fine detail, think landscapes. It's a classic example, but there could be other things like that. You want to use a low radius Mm -hmm. amount, often less than one. Mm -hmm. You know, I often end up in that... 0.7, 0.8 realm, Um, which means to get an equivalent amount of sharpening, you have to bump up the intensity a little bit, maybe. Right, because it's it's less noticeable. Yeah. The detail one is a weird one. And as you go to the left, low in um, detail amounts, it's more like old school sharpening, nothing terribly fancy. And it's pretty suitable for portraits and things like that. You get up into the 30s, and that's a pretty good realm for landscape. But as, as you push it higher, it shifts from more traditional sharpening into a thing called deconvolution sharpening, which sometimes can really bring out detail and be pretty magical, but it can also get overcooked in a hurry. Right. So most of the time when I'm using that slider, it ranges from about 15 or 20 for a portrait up to at most about 50 mm-hmm. for landscapes. And then I, I try to be very careful. And I think I hardly ever go past that. Well, and my, again, we're talking about Lightroom's 
sharp yes panel right here specific that's where, this, that's where this tool is the it's detail very, slider in a, in a very rudimentary way you can't you're not changing the radius it's only bringing out fine detail mm-hmm. so it's like a strength slider kind of almost in terms of how much fine details and if you crank it up too high or very high you're going to have to make adjustments to other sliders to compensate right. so you can use a strong setting with that but if you do you're probably like you said dialing down the overall amount because that's like the, the volume knob. there's a yin and yang thing that's going yeah. on there and then and then also is the judicious use of that last slider which we were talking about which is this masking slider um, in previous um, software, older software was often something called threshold slider. It's similar, not exactly the mm-hmm. same. But but um, in, in the case of Lightroom, the masking slider actually does what it says. It makes a mask, and it's an edge mask. So the more you use it, the more it restricts the sharpening effect to only edges. Right. And smooth areas like your sky immediately get masked out black, and they don't have any sharpening applied. So I find that if you're going to use something like strong detail settings, you better be using strong masking settings. Otherwise, you're going to be bringing out artifacts and creating nastiness in places that you didn't want. The one other thing I I find is that if I'm shooting with an ISO that's just moderate, you know, let's say, you know, with a full, you know, one of today's full frame cameras, 800 or something like that ISO. I almost don't even need to do noise reduction. Right. Oftentimes, all I need to do is just um, crank up that masking mm-hmm. parameter a little mm-hmm. bit, so I'm not sharpening skies and bringing out noise. I'm not sharpening blank walls and bringing out noise. Right. And just doing that alone sometimes is enough. Right. And and so let me just back up for just a second. Mm-hmm. Sharpening. You you mentioned yin and yang with the masking yeah. slider, but sharpening is a counter to noise reduction. Right. Sharpening tries to enhance details and small fine details. Noise reduction tries to blur them. Mm-hmm. And the the amount you use on either, it's going to depend on the kind of the image that you have and the subject and you know, whether you got a lot of these blank skies or not. And what I find, uh, and you've probably uh, experienced this yourself, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but when you're just sharpening with the detail panel in Lightroom and you know where it has the noise mm-hmm. and sharpness or the sharpness panel in your other whatever other product it's all applied globally to the entire image and that makes it very hard to find the right balance of settings because if you've got a little grain in the sky you know maybe the masking tool works maybe it doesn't and then you want to put in a little noise reduction you want to reduce noise in areas that are smooth where you might see it more mm-hmm. but detailed areas you don't see noise you know you just no. don't. So, yeah. so I think both of us, um, for our better images, you know, ones we want to share, print, whatnot, we start to, we've both used selective sharpening and noise reduction extensively. So the masking slider kind of does that a little bit. But what we're talking about is what if you didn't want to sharpen a sky or, you know, or what if you only wanted to sharpen, uh, you know, the, the foreground? This is where you start using maybe brushes or gradients, or even better, the new automated uh, selection tools that we talked about, you know, a few months ago. In, People in, are going to get tired of us talking. I know, about but them. it's such a good. But they tool. are they are so profoundly awesome. I'll give you a real easy <laughs> example. A real easy example. That same landscape we're talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. I go into Lightroom Classic. I click Select Sky, 
And then what do I have? I have all the sliders. So I can just say, you know what? Sharpness, drag it down. And noise reduction, maybe drag it up if I need to. So, and then invert that. And now I've got my foreground. Sharpness maybe cranks up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, And just to know that you're doing additive adjustments based on the settings that you have in your in your detail panel. So, you know, the, the thing about Lightroom right now is that you can't change things like radius and detail settings in individual uh, mask adjustments, selection adjustments. Right. They're gonna they're gonna bring in whatever was there. So it's just something to know. But 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 here's the great thing. It's like you mentioned not even wanting to sharpen a sky at all. Okay. So if I set the overall sharpening on my image to zero, it's not sharpened, it's off. Mm-hmm. And then I do my select sky, select the invert. Now I just crank the sharpening up to where I like it. And moreover, you can use other tools now to in, enhance details selectively. Um, and those other tools will be things like clarity or um, what's another uh, you know, texture, it's like, you know, texture, clarity, sometimes called structure. Right. And, and those tools are great, but they almost always create problems if you try to use them on your entire image and they make things look really weird and overcooked like bad HDR, if you're not careful. Right. So using those with either a selection mask or a brush or whatever, you know, game changer, if you're not doing that. Yeah. Now just for clarification, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, for the better images, if you're just taking snapshots, it's not a terribly big deal. Yeah. No. And you can, do the masking if you choose to, but global sharpening, global noise reduction, not necessarily a big deal if it's an image that you're just going to post on Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever. If you have aspirations of printing it bigger, like we talked about in a recent episode, then you want to think about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about another one last thing with workflow, because um, we're going to run out of time otherwise. Yep. Um and that is when you're in your raw editor, whatever it may be, the mm-hmm. beautiful thing about this is that your sharpening is non-destructive. So it doesn't really, you know, those halos don't get baked in until you send it somewhere else. Okay. And by saying send it somewhere else, I'm talking about, well, you made a JPEG or maybe you're going to edit it in Photoshop or in a plugin. Okay. And there's some good ones out there that we've mentioned and we'll, we'll talk about that. In those instances, it's good to remember that if you're not done, with your your sharpening or you intend to sharpen more okay then um you want to go on the conservative side on your raw sharpening from from your raw tool because those whatever little halos that you don't really notice in the raw could get exaggerated if you start putting it yeah. into plugins like color effects pro which we use or silver effects you know where, where you've got these strong structure you might suddenly start seeing halos and that's not something that you want okay so why would you go into a third party well sometimes or a, a different program well it's because you're going to use a plugin or you want to use a different technique um and there's a lot of them but the other thing would be when do you use a third party sharpening or noise reduction utility um, and I will say that up until recently, this is not something I did a lot, used a lot, because it has a workflow implication, right? You're going to convert your image from raw format to now a rasterized, you know, TIFF, mm-hmm. better, for lack of a better description, you know, a TIFF or JPEG format. And and those edits become destructive. You know, you can't undo them, really. Um, so 
lately though some of these newer plugins and tools have gotten pretty darn good and they can sharpen things in ways that your raw editor can't mm -hmm. and that's the key can it do a better job than what you could do just using your normal techniques and for some images the products that we've been that we talked about a while back like the topaz sharpen and noise ai um on one's got one dxo has some stuff but all of these can do a pretty amazing job on certain images now i don't know how you work but i know that for me that tends to be a one-off thing right uh okay here's an image it wasn't quite sharpened enough i'm gonna send it to my say the topaz plugin and see what happens and sometimes what happens is it comes back way better than than what happened you know than if i didn't yeah if i'm during this last year or so if i'm working with someone on how to improve their images and stuff like that I almost always just tell them, get a copy of Topaz Sharpen, period. Mm -hmm. You know, the noise reduction stuff is nice too, but their sharpening project product is almost magical in, in terms of what it can fix. And it's just, it's not just a matter of bringing out fine de detail. It's also eliminating or reducing motion blur mm -hmm. or rescuing an image that just wasn't focused quite right. It is amazing at times. Right. And as we said, they're not perfect. They're um, not perfect. And, and one thing we damn would, amazing. I think one thing we would recommend, and, and this is typical for all products, the default sharpening settings are almost always too much. If all you did or, or auto settings or whatever they might, you know, the automatic, you know, pick something. Those are a good way to see what the product will do, what the software can do. But I think in both of our cases, we find ourselves dialing back the intensity of those sharpening. Um, and, and here's one reason why. When that image comes back into a product like Lightroom Classic, so you, you know, you send it off to Topaz and now it's a TIFF and it comes back, mm -hmm. you get this copy, right? You can still non-destructively add sharpening or whatever to to it in lightroom using the same mm -hmm. tools um a lot of times if i go to photoshop um, unless i'm doing some specific kind of sharpening i won't sharpen that image in photoshop i'll just bring it back to lightroom and then dial up my sharpness sliders there yeah. because because it's non-destructive editing uh, even though i'm working on a psd file or a tiff or whatever and yeah. it's, it's 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 a neat thing to be able to do just a quick summary based off of products I've used and which ones overcook and which ones don't. Um, Adobe products, pretty, pretty conservative mm -hmm. out of the box in terms of sharpening settings. And the default is no noise reduction, which confuses the hell out of some people mm -hmm. who think it's applying those noise reduction, but the default is zero. So it's, it's conservative. You might want to change the parameters a little bit, but they're not overcooked in general. Yeah, it used to be capture milder. one, <laughs> capture one absolutely overcooks sharpening and you have to back it off a fair amount um, to be able to have something you could actually work with in post-processing um, DXO frequently over sharpens and it does it erratically uh, depending on the lens and camera combo but sometimes it's just hideous and what i find is if you turn off the global sharpening then the remaining sharpening it does which is a different type is about all you need um, topaz sharpen you already said it you have to back it off of its default by like 10 or 15 points and then it's okay i don't know why they do this well, I think I they want people it's, to see a, a some drastic people improvement. 
just don't know what they're doing and think it looks good, but it's actually pretty bad. Yeah. So let's so just, those are let just, just some examples. Let me just recap kind of what yeah. the take home messages of today. You need to sharpen. And if you haven't messed with your sharpening settings beyond their defaults, go mm -hmm. take a look at them and learn those tools. Sharpening um, is, is going to be a balance with noise reduction. And for tricky images, being able to do sharpening and noise reduction selectively using brushes and masks is a great way to approach it. If you leave the raw format and send your image to an external editor, just know that your sharpening is going to get baked into that, and anything you add to it can be can be extra. So when you um, so don't don't forget that you can sometimes come back to your raw editor with a non raw format and finish your sharpening there. And and, right. I, and I think all of that stuff, you know, you can get some pretty wonderful quality. Like I I don't like you were saying. I mean, if if you do noise reduction right on images below 3200 ISO, you can just often do it on board in your raw editor. You don't need to use a third-party tool. Right. And so the third-party tools are excellent, but I always view them as sort of having that in my back pocket for tricky situations where it requires it because it's going to require me to leave the raw format in most cases from a workflow perspective. Not, I'm not saying avoid it, but I think uh, allowing yourself to know you know, that if I can sharpen it in my raw processor, then I'm happy. And then your output sharpening, you don't even have to worry about. You do that, that, that is independent of your image sharpening to make your image look right. Did I get that right, Rick? Am I good? No, that sounds good. And one last thing that I want to mention um, is, you know, we covered noise reduction tools a while back and on one's no noise thing was pretty new. And honestly, I didn't think it was too great compared to the others. I had a bunch of issues in different ways, but I was able to just in the last few days, download their latest update and try at least a few things. And they have significantly improved it. Um, the things that I saw that were wrong in many ways appear to have been fixed. So I think now it's probably pretty comparable to the Topaz denoise. I can't say that really conclusively, but my gut feel is they're pretty similar and both can do good jobs. Yeah, I always want to mention when something was bad and got got better. Better, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's 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 important. It's yeah. part of the part of being fair. Um, okay, well, um, until next time, uh, we uh, are gonna go sign off. But uh, remind everyone that you can get in touch with us through Facebook on our Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com/slash Image Doctors. Um, and we will still accept registration for joining us in Santa Fe, New Mexico in October. If that's something that appeals to you, let us know. And we can. And it should, because it is a freaking awesome place to, to go shoot. Well, I'm at the food. Oh, that too. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I want to wish everyone a pleasant day, wherever you may be. And uh, take care. All right. Bye-bye.